Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have some of the most amazing guests, and tonight is a fellow interviewer and radio show host on WLTKDB with his show, No Agenda, with Jennifer Lee, and they are two amazing evidential psychic mediums, and I'm just happy to have Michael Christopher on here. How are you tonight, Michael? I'm doing good, Dee Dee. How are you? I am fantastic. It's been a strange week, but I've been good. How about you that way? <laughs> it has. It started out, it was like Sunday. It was like, wow, it's a weird day today. Just the energy, something. I don't know. It's just been a, I don't know. Yeah, it's been off. <laughs> yes. I can't keep up. I'm like, I, I'm like always a day behind this week. I can't catch up. I'm like, what's going yeah, on? <laughs> I never know what day it is, so. <laughs> <laughs> and today at work, I felt so sorry for all my people I work with. I was a little on the cranky side, so something's going on energy-wise. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> so I find this really interesting, Michael, and I want to hear all about your story. But first of all, to clarify to my listeners, what is an evidential psychic medium? Well, how does that differ from... An empath medium. So to me, I got it. What I talk about, I'm very open and very almost blunt sometimes on terms Mm. used when we think of mediumship. So I will tell you this. I was dubbed that title by my very first um, teacher. I didn't know what it was, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll go with this. I didn't realize till later what that actually meant. And basically an evidential medium brings about you know, facts and I mean, evidence that isn't common. Like it's not foo foo fluff. It's, it's dates. It's bringing through conditions of passing. Sometimes names come through. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times I'll see the, the person in spirit will show me what's going on in that person's life. And then I just pass that along. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, it's almost like fact-based. And which is perfect for me because I'm a skeptic. I always have been. Um, uh, I always will be. Not only of you know of my work, but other uh-huh. people's work too. Sure. So if I couldn't prove it to myself, there was no way I was going to be out here doing this. Wow, that's yeah, that's super interesting. <laughs> but I, I totally understand that absolutely. Because if you don't but, question yourself in what you've seen or heard or pick up on, I think, I think that's really important. Yeah. You have to have the evidence. I mean, for me, validation through the sitter, you know, it has to be, it has to be, um, 
evidence. You know, mm -hmm. it has to be based in evidence or it means nothing. And to me, you have to have that. I, you know, I had to build that trust with spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we had to basically prove it to each other, you know, me and them that, OK, you're going to give me this and this is going to make sense to the sitter. And, you know, so when I give the evidence to the sitter, it has to, you know, it has to mean something to them. It can't be vague. Um, mm -hmm. It has to be something that means something. And that's to me, it builds credibility for for mediums. And I mean, we fight an uphill battle to start with, you know, with credibility. So I think you're, you know, uh, I'll just speak for myself, but my work, it, it really does have to speak for itself through evidence or right. it means nothing. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. How did you get started in all this? I mean, that's, gosh, I mean, <laughs> that's how, long why? <laughs> yeah. And, and <clears throat> I'll condense this because it, it spans literally 25 years and it's, it wasn't evident until uh, this last event. But I'll, I'll just go through this quickly. So both of my stepbrothers, which I can, they were my brothers. There's no step involved, mm -hmm. but they were born with cystic fibrosis. So back in 97, my brother Jason passed away. He was on the transplant list, uh, became too ill to, to receive a transplant, you know, passing at 27. And that was my first like um, passing that I dealt with. That was somebody that was on my level, you know, up here. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, it, it just stunned me. And I, I got to say, I was in the military for 20 years. So that was, I just got back from a deployment around that time. So it was just, you know, just, I didn't get to see him before he passed. Um, I did spend time with him, you know, a year prior when he was starting to go downhill. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, so unfortunately he lost that battle at 27. And mm -hmm. then um, advancing to 2000, I went in for a flight physical because I was going to start flying planes. Mm -hmm. I figured in and out, no problem. You know, I'm healthy. No, I go in and long story short, I end up, they ended up telling me something's wrong with my kidneys. And um, it, it was basically, it could be a simple infection or something more serious. Well, lucky me, it ended up being more serious. And through biopsy and test, it ended up being uh, a kidney disease that was very progressed and I had no physical symptoms. But the prognosis was it's going to go to kidney failure at some point. And that was that was significant in the way of um, really facing my mortality. Mm -hmm. Although it wasn't for the first time, I was at first, I almost died too, but I was too young to remember that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I had an operation at one day old that they didn't know I was going to live. And, you know, so that was that. And then, you know, at 40, I was diagnosed with this. Um, and I remember just reflecting on my brother and, you know, right. how he lived his life and it gave me the strength to go on. And I had to make a decision right then and there how I was going to go forward. And it was either I could worry about this or I could just live one day at a time, you know, and teach myself to live in the moment. I mean, because I know it's the cliche, but it's literally all we have. And I actually had to adopt that to survive. I mean, it really did because the mental battle going through any kind of illness, I think, outweighs the physical. It did for me. Mm -hmm. And I could easily lose any type of motivation going forward by just saying to myself, well, what's the point of doing this? I'm going to go through kidney failure and, you know, I could die anyway. So what's the point? So mm -hmm. I had to just retrain my brain to, to like, no, check in with myself. You know, how are you feeling today? That's all that mattered. Now, you know, staying out of those dark thoughts. No, that wasn't easy. But every time I felt my mind wandering, 
I would just check back in. I would bring myself back to now. And I just had to live like that. Um, and then shortly after that, my other brother, Danny, um, right after the bombings in New York, which were from um, in 2001, mm-hmm. he got a call from the transplant center two days after the attacks in New York to come down for a lung transplant. So he had his surgery. Everything was fine. Um, so that was um, 2001. Um, seven years later, his, kid, his, his lungs failed or rejected. He, he had the chance to go through it again. You normally don't. But he got another chance, got another transplant. Everything went fine there. Um, and I'm going through this quickly because it's really drawn no, out. You're fine. Um, but in 2009, I retired from the Air Force. And then shortly after my retirement in July, it was probably around that February of the following year, 2010, my kidney started failing. Um, and then around May, I had to start dialysis and looking for a transplant. So even though I've been living with this illness or disease for 10 years, when it came to that point, it was like day one all over because it was like, this is real. And I got to tell you, when I first got the news that it was to that point, um, I got in my truck leaving the doctor's office and I just drove for like three hours just trying to process what was going on. Mm-hmm. And my conclusion was I got home and I told my wife, I was like, I don't want to do this. I I was more afraid of going forward and waiting and going through dialysis than I was to die. And I just told her, I said, I don't want to, I don't want to go through this. I just want to go. And, you know, cause in my mind, that was the easy way out. Right. Um, and it was probably a day later, maybe a day or two. I know it was my brother, even though I wasn't connected to spirit at the time. I know it was him like giving me that nudge, nudge to like, no, you can't check out yet. You have to give yourself a chance. And it was just me reflecting on what he went through. And again, it was just me, you know, I was like, how can I be so selfish? He didn't have that opportunity. When your lungs go, they go. There is no dialysis for lungs. So I said to my wife, I was like, look, I'll give it one year. If I don't have a transplant within a year, I'm done because I'm not going to live on a machine. Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily, my my other brother tested. Um, He was a good match. We had a scheduled surgery for September of 2010, and this was in June. So, you know, I had been on dialysis. We get to September. Two weeks before the surgery, my brother um, gets a staph infection, which turns MRSA, which the, called off the surgery. They said he's no longer eligible to donate because MRSA doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, here we are again, you know, another roadblock. Um, so, again, processing that and just, well, here we go. There's, um, here. <laughs> I just have to just stay in the moment and go forward. You know, I've come this far. Let's keep going. And a few days later, my friend um, who who was still in the military um, reached out and said he wanted to donate, which caught me completely by surprise because we haven't talked in probably a year. <laughs> you know, right. um, he tested, matched. Long story it was Air Force approval and all that red tape. But 2010, uh, December 7th, 2010, I had my transplant. Um, and it's been, you know, almost 13 years now. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't end there. Shortly after that, 2012, my brother, Danny, his kidneys fail because the medication you take for rejection is very toxic. Yeah. And, um, so we went through that. Um, unfortunately, a few months later, he developed cancer in his lungs and he ended up passing at 42. Oh my. Um, and it doesn't end there. It was just like, when I say it was just it was nuts. I mean, every time my mom called from home, I was like, what's going on now? 
Mm-hmm. I dreaded a phone call. So 2015, I'm at work. It was August, September, somewhere, yeah, August 2015. My mom calls and she's like, hey, your sister's been stabbed. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. She's like, she's been stabbed. We don't know much yet. She'll let me know. Well, it turns out she she was a barber in upstate New York. It was the middle of the afternoon on a Friday. Very public area. Um, someone snuck in the back with the intention of robbing the shop. She was there by herself. He came out from by, to, to behind, uh, you know, the back room and tried to rob her. And I, apparently she put up a fight and this guy stabbed her in the neck twice. And she ended up making it out to the street. And by the time the ambulance got there, she, you know, it was, it was pretty dire at that point. But, you know, two days later, they removed her from life support. And, you know, it was like five days prior to her 33rd birthday. Oh my um, gosh. So it was just like, you know, what the, you know, what the heck. But this is where things started for me because it was a couple months after her passing that, she paid me a visit. <laughs> oh. I've never had an experience prior to this. I I wasn't one of those people that grew up knowing they had abilities. I was I didn't have none of this. No experiences, anything. I was oblivious to it. My only exposure to mediums was watching John Edward on TV and reading books mm-hmm. because it was a fascination of both mine and my wife's. So we knew what mediums were. I just wasn't a medium <laughs> at that point. But it was two months later. Um, her her murder was still unsolved, and I was getting up for work one morning, and I'm in the kitchen alone. It's five thirty in the morning, and I feel somebody walk in the room. You know, you you know how it feels when somebody walks in, you mm-hmm. feel their energy. Yeah. So I turn turn around, nobody's there, <clears throat> and I was like, that was weird. And so I go back to doing what I'm doing. A few seconds later, I feel it again. Only this time, in my mind. I see my sister standing behind me. So this is in my mind. I'm seeing this Mm -hmm. image. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So in my mind, I see her walk up behind me and she kind of, she puts her arms around me and puts her head on my shoulder. Now I got to explain this because again, I'm seeing this in my mind, but I'm feeling this energy at the same time. And I was like, I, it freaked me out because I'm like, what, what is happening here? You know, I thought I was losing my marbles. And probably, you know, 20, 30 seconds later, she kind of just, it, the image, the, the thought just went away. And I didn't say anything, not for a few weeks. Um, and I'll pause there because I can just keep talking. <laughs> you go right ahead. You okay. keep going. This is really okay. interesting. It's, you know, I feel awful because I know what it's like to lose sibling. So... I, I can't imagine what you were going through up to that point. So this is kind of a light of hope. So go ahead and keep going. Yes. Um, so a few weeks later, I was I found this website of psychics. And I had never went that route before. It was weird because I was working out one day and I watched this video of this, this woman channeling this person's son. And I noticed there was a website. So after I was done working out, I clicked on the website and went to it. And I saw that there was these psychics that work with, you know, unsolved cases and that. So I was like, huh, what can it hurt? You know, so I reach out and two ladies on there, uh, Jan and Linda, um, got back with me. They started helping me. They didn't ask for anything of themselves, nothing. They didn't ask for money, nothing. It was just like they just started working with me. And I was like, wow, this is unexpected, you know. Mm -hmm. 
so we got to know each other a little bit over, you know, a little bit of time. Um, so a few weeks after we began working with together, um, I mentioned it to Linda. I said, I, got, I had this experience and I said, I don't want to tell you too much, but I said, I just, 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 it was weird. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. And I didn't give her any details. And I just said, I had this experience. And immediately she was channeling my sister. And she said, she described the situation or the experience and said that was real. And it just froze me in my tracks. I was like, oh my God. Um, so probably a week or so later, I'm talking with Linda again. And this time we're just, I don't know what we were talking about. But as we're talking, I hear this thought in my mind and I'll, I'll get to the channeling part because it, there's, there's a difference between objective mediumship and uh, subjective. Objective is you see, you see spirit like you do a person. Mm -hmm. You hear spirit like you would hear another human. Subjective mediumship is of the mind. So it comes through in thoughts, pictures, using your, your mind. Mm -hmm. So as we're talking, as Linda and I were talking, I hear this thought word in my head. And it says, tell her it's Jim. And out of nowhere, I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I ignored it. And we keep talking. And I hear the same thing. Tell her it's Jim. Again, I ignored it. Third time I hear, I passed the cancer. It's tell her it's Jim. And I, I stopped. I said, Linda, I don't know what's going on. I said, I have this thought, this voice in my head that keeps saying, tell her it's Jim. And that he passed the cancer. She goes, that's my father. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and she goes, well, you're a medium. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> she goes, like, yes, but she. I hear this voice. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, we argued jokingly for a few minutes. <clears throat> but that's kind of what got the ball rolling. And then from there, she, she, um, she suggested that just – just play around with this. Take this development course. I know this teacher. Just just take this beginner course. Just just do it for an experiment and see what happens. And I did, and that's a whole other story, but that's what blew the doors open and helped me understand that this had been a part of my life. I just didn't understand it. I didn't realize it. So that's kind of what got things started for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I bet it was kind of a a shock and you didn't you didn't have any of these abilities as a child or no no or no. in the military because i know you have to be no. very alert in the military yeah but the, that's the thing though i'm glad it didn't present there because there's no way i would have been able to develop it there it's just the wrong environment <laughs> for sure <laughs> um you know um <clears throat> so again yeah up until that point nothing um now going forward from there i mean yeah i i can look back and see things that happened that I was like, oh, okay, that was probably that, um, you know, and then from there I just dove in and that's a, you know, another, the journey continued, you know, from there, it wasn't just like, take this class and I'm a medium. No, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not how this works. This is figuring out what was going on, figuring out how I work as a medium for myself. And that's where I started to develop my own philosophy on this work. And, being very careful about who I work with, who I learn mm. from, because I have very strong opinions because I tend to develop on my own a lot of the time, which I think is important for anybody to do. Mm -hmm. Teachers are great, but all they do is give you tools. 
you got to figure out how you work. And the only way you figure that out is by doing this in some facet, either mm -hmm. development circles, doing readings for practice, whatever. But you have to do it in order to understand it and and to understand what your abilities are. Because And they're always changing. They're always evolving, you mm -hmm. know. So, again, that could be a whole nother subject. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now that you are doing this, has any other abilities developed? Um, yeah, and I fight them pretty hard because my my interest from day one has always been mediumship. Mm -hmm. um, I that's what I want to do because I understand. <clears throat> and you talked about why do you do this? I think everybody has to have a why, a very right. strong why, yeah. and understand why you're doing this. For me, it was. You know, going through the passing of three siblings, um, knowing what it's like to receive a message about them from them, mm -hmm. you know, going through my my health situation and knowing that, you know, if I don't make this, there's something I can I, I at least had the ability to consider that there was something possibly beyond the physical world. And for me, that was so comforting, knowing that all right, maybe the light just doesn't go out and you're just dirt, you mm -hmm. know? So my why comes from that, you know? So that's why I do this, you know? Um, <clears throat> but as far as abilities, so mediumship is, that's my, that's what I tend to um, focus on most. Now, the psychic has been there from the beginning, but I just, I fought that mm -hmm. from day one because I I do not like the word psychic. To me, it brings up all these negative connotations about, you know, 1-800-CALL-CLEO and just all the, <laughs> yeah. you know, any cliche and any, you know, stereotype that goes along with it. I'm like, no, I'm not that person. However, as I developed, it kept pushing its way in. And, and my understanding of psychic abilities is not what probably mainstream thinks it is. I do not predict predict the future. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's not what psychic is about for me. Um, for me, psychic is connecting to your energy and helping you figure out why am I stuck in these patterns? You know, you know, a big one is love life, right? Your relationships. Mm -hmm. Why can't I hold a relationship? So when I connect with somebody's energy, and it's always for good, I'm never going to become aware of something that's not there to help them. You know, so it's not I'm not seeing their secrets and all that. Right. I become aware of things of like, you know, for instance, I may be brought back to childhood and seeing that maybe their relationship with their parents was not the best. So there was trust issues or abandonment issues. Now it's been there, but the person hasn't taken the time to really heal from that and try to understand it. So they're stuck in that pattern of, you know, not trusting, for instance. Mm -hmm. So the psychic side of it is bringing this to their awareness so that they can work on themselves in that area to get themselves help to get rid of those patterns and be able to move forward. If that makes sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, everybody has those abilities slightly different. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> So, you know, have I predicted futuristic things? Yes, but it's not intentional. It just comes up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I say, it, you know, I, I, if I'm aware of something, I'll say it. And I've had people reach back two, three years later. And by now it's long gone forgotten, but they'll reach back and say, hey, 
I had a reading with you. You told me this and this happened today. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is real. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And but, uh, it's hard yeah. to listen to it sometimes, too, because for some people, it comes when they least expect it. They have that feeling and then they'll brush it off like, oh, that's so silly. Yeah. And that's so yeah. common when I talk to people. It's like, no, no, I'm just I'm just tired. Of, I'm overwhelmed or whatever. And until they face it, mm-hmm. it just keeps happening. Yes. And my theory is it's a lesson that you came here to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to keep coming up until you acknowledge <laughs> it and, and work on it. <laughs> Believe me, I've been through that. I'm the person that... Uh, you know, you got to hit me in the head four times before I get the point. Oh, and spirit <laughs> you know, will so. do that, won't it? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's like literally so. <laughs> it's like, hello. Yeah. I'm back. And I always tell people, I fired my spirit guides for a short time, but it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, I've given mine the business and they're very patient because they're like, we told you. You're just uh, not bright enough to understand that we've, <laughs> we've, tr- we've tried to tell you. <clears throat> You know, but um, and, and that's another topic all in itself is guides and what their purpose is. So mm-hmm. believe me, I'm full of philosophy if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm open to listen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you say spirit guides, how do you perceive and I know it's personal for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I always see certain ones or feel certain ones throughout my life. Like right now, I I believe it's like one of my great, great aunts Mm -hmm. keeps appearing. She's a little lady. She has a bun. um, And she was a medium in her life on my dad's side of the family. And I feel like she comes now more where I physically almost see her. So earlier in my life, it was others. But now Mm -hmm. she comes through really strongly to me. How do you perceive yours? Did that happen to you? Do they develop differently? No. Um, Thank goodness for my first teacher, because when I asked her, like, can you tell me who my guards are? She looked at me and she says, no, I will not. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you have to you have to discover them and meet them on your own, because this is why. Mm -hmm. And I and thank goodness she said this. She goes. I'm going to have in my mind what your guide appears as and it's going to frustrate you because then you're going to think that's who your guide is and you may not see that image or whatever I see and now you're going to think you're doing it wrong. This is very skimming the top of this so I could go deep into this. Now, my, again, there is no right or wrong. There is no rules to mediumship and all this. Everything on this plane, earth plane is theory. I don't care if you've been doing this since your birth and you're Mm -hmm. 100 years old. Um, sorry, there's no experts here. <laughs> right. So it's all theory. You know, this is my, uh, my perspective on this. So when I, when I, it took me three years to meet my guide, not that they haven't been there. It's just, I had this, this expectation. So every time I would sit down to meditate to try to meet them, it, it just, I just got frustrated. So I gave up for a while. And then one day I said, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this. And I said to myself, I said, I'm just going to sit here. And I spoke to them. I was like, I don't care how you appear. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to just accept what comes to me. Mm-hmm. I sat down in my chair and I was like, I just light. I just sat here. I don't even call it meditation. But I said, I'm going to count to three in my mind. And when I get to three, I, I just asked them present. 
present yourself. So I did that. And all of a sudden, I just felt this energy on the top of my forehead. And I seen this color purple. And I was like, okay, that's my guide. Now, we're, we often try to project this physical being as our guide. Right. My opinion, my philosophy is they are energy. They are not human. They were human here, but they are not human there. So when they come through to you, they may cloak themselves in an image that you recognize. Right. If that's what helps you identify your spirit. You know, for me, I was just open-minded. I said, okay, just present. And it was just energy. Right. Now, I've never sat there and tried to get a name. I've, I, I've never tried to figure out how many there are. I just know it's a collective. I know I have guides. And I feel them when they're around me. And that took a little development, too, and trusting that, okay, they're here because I feel them. So it's like a trust thing that I've built with them. And I know they're here. So, again, I've never tried to project a human figure or any of that or tried to understand anything beyond they're my guides. I know they're there and they will help me if I need their help. Interesting. You know, and that makes a lot of sense. And you're right. I wonder if they do, like you say, cloak themselves to make us feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, because as a child, I grew up hearing stories about this lady and she fascinated me. And then later in life, that's who I could feel around me. But if it's cloaking, that would make so much sense. But that's not to say that's not a family member. True. You know, because when my sister comes through, I see her in my mind as my sister. Mm -hmm. Now, there's there's always this debate and, you know, controversy about who can be a guide, who's not a guide. Now, traditionally, guides are assigned to you at, you know, before you come into this life. They're here with you throughout mm -hmm. your lifetime and they're there to greet you when you leave the physical world. So you've had this arrangement before you even came here. That's theory, of course, mm -hmm. which I've had a past life regression and life between lives session. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother topic. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but so there's that aspect of guides. Now my, my personal opinion is our family members and friends on the other side, I believe they absolutely can help us when we need them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, call them a guide if you want, but they're there to help us you know, just like anybody else is on the other side. So again, it's, it's what your belief is. And I buck tradition. So I think anybody on the other side can be a guide for us. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I think so too. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really interesting, you know, when you lose a sibling, um, when I lost my brother, particularly, I always felt him around me for a while. Yeah. And he talked to me through dreams. And it was a real interesting time period in my life. It's something you don't forget. But when you start to heal, and they start to heal, then he started to get younger in, in my dreams. And yeah. as soon as he got younger, there were less and less. And now sometimes when I have dreams, they always feel different from other dreams. But now when I have dreams, he'll make an appearance, but then he leaves. I... I you know, my sister was the reason I'm doing this. She really is. I mean, um, without, and she's come through with that message, you know, she goes, look what has happened. You know, her murder. Yes, it was tragic. It was, yeah. you know, just, just something completely unexpected and unneeded, you know, and it was just, and her message young. was, she was yeah, so young, she, but, and she said, you know, look what's come of this. 
you know, the bright side of it, you're doing this work because of what happened to me. And, and it was just like, yeah. And there's always that message, you know, again, it's the cliche that there something good always comes out of something terrible, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she, she, again, it's just, she's been there. And, and like you said, with your, your brother, my sister and my brothers, I mean, in the beginning, it was like, they were so, their energy was so strong and I could always heal them. Mm-hmm. But I feel as I moved on and, and healed from that and started doing this work. And I find that with spirit communication as well is the more you trust that they're there, the less energy they have to expend for you to be able to recognize they're there. So it's not that they're not there. It's just like, okay, now it can, it becomes more subtle of an energy. Right. And, and people sometimes get confused by that thinking, well, they're not around anymore. Yes, they definitely are. Mm-hmm. It's just you've moved past that initial phase of grief where you need them. You need to you need that comfort. You need to know that they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I I remember whenever I play 80s music, this is gonna age me, but (laughs) Oh, I'm right there. I'm almost fifty-four. So (laughs) So whenever I play my brother was older than me. So when remember when MTV came out, we all wanted to be big kids, you know, and go out. Yep. to the clubs. And I, of course I couldn't do that, but he did. Yes, he did. And every time certain music comes on, he loved to go out dancing and I can just feel his energy happy and ready to dance. And then it just kind of drifts away f- afterwards. It's just those quick hellos. Yeah. Like I'm still here. I'm great. Yeah, and that's what they do. And that's yeah. what so many people just cast aside as a coincidence. I'm like, there's no coincidences. If you're yeah. going about your business and all of a sudden something like that happens in your mind, that's them just saying hello. That's their calling card, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he got, and it's funny because some wait for a while, and I don't know if you've noticed this with other people, some wait for a while and some come right away. Yeah, my brother, my first brother, Jason, I didn't, wow. Because all my siblings through in dreams, I get most of this was before I was knew I was a medium. Mm-hmm. I remember both my grandparents, all my grandparents came and visited as they, when they passed. And my brother didn't show up for almost three or four or five years. And finally, when he did, I was like, well, Jack Wagon, what the hell took you so long? <laughs> 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 you know? Now he won't leave me alone. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's okay. My mom passed in 2019 and I'm still waiting. Yeah. it's. I'm still waiting and I call her a little <laughs> little bugger and sometimes it's something worse. Sometimes it's like, where are you? You promised. But They're there. They are there. <laughs> my brother and my cousin, I felt almost right away. I just didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. But my mom, oh my gosh, I don't know what she's doing. She's probably having fun. But... <laughs> More fun than we are. Yeah, it's like, they're all looking at this like, okay, look at this, you know, pile of uh, mess they're about to go through. I know. She's probably giggling. <laughs> oh, yeah. She goes, yep, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Now I just get to spectate. I'm like, all right, lady, I'm, I'm ready. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so now, obviously, your sister still visits and your brothers. Mm-hmm. Before you do a reading, I've or you make that connection with others mm-hmm. do do their relatives visit you prior no okay i 
I established, again, I think it is so critical that when somebody is new, that they find a teacher that is somebody that they resonate with, somebody that they share the same philosophies, ethics. I can't stress this enough. And I thank goodness for, for my first teacher, Mimi, because she taught me to set up boundaries with spirit from day one. It was literally like, get out a pen and paper and you write down what you accept and what you don't. So if I'm yeah. not actively working, it's like, no, I, and I'm oblivious if I'm, because I'm here in the physical and, and this is a, mm -hmm. another topic and it's a hot spot for me. And I, when I teach, I love teaching this because it's critical that when you're not working, you're not working. You're right. in the physical world. You do your month, your physical things. Mm -hmm. You don't bounce around and play, you know, willy nilly. Oh, I'm going to connect just to see what happens. No, because you have to have that boundary with spirit. Oh yeah, I would absolutely you know, think so. Yeah. So I am not. I have never. I, I should say never, because there's been two or three times. But the three times that they have, I don't even want to say intruded, but they've become. They've come into my awareness. They were literally. One was definitely life and death. I mean, and I could share that story too. But I mean, other than that, unless I'm sitting down and working, I don't pay them attention. They don't bother me. I'm not even aware of them. Wow. Can we go back to the life and death one? Was this just someone that needed your attention? Yeah, this was early on. Still in that learning phase. So I was an air traffic controller. I did my military career, and then I did it up until April of this last year, so almost 34 years of this. Um, so I was at work one night, and I had done a recent like demonstration of mediumship or gallery people about it in a different ways but i demonstrate mediumship you know in front of audiences so i did one and one of the local restaurant owners come up to me afterwards and she says look my place has kind of got some weird stuff going on would you mind stopping by so we made a course i said how about after i get off my shift one night at 10 o'clock she goes perfect because that's when we're closing and you know we can go through the place so i said great so i'm at work and this is the So I wasn't working. You're disappearing. Okay. Can you hear me now? Go ahead. Go ahead and start the story over because I marked it. Where where should you or should I start? When you walked <laughs> into the restaurant at 10 okay. o'clock. So it, before that, before I walked into the restaurant, I was at work. And what happened was I kept feeling this presence of this grandfather. And the first time I felt it, I was like, no, not now. You know, immediately I was like, no, I'm at work. Don't bother me. And he waited a little bit and then I felt him again. And I was like, no, third time. He's like, there's a gas leak. You need to tell her. And I was like, what the heck is happening? And this is the weird part in my mind. I'd never been in this restaurant. I had, mm -hmm. I had no idea what it looked like. Nothing. But I see this image of my mind of I'm standing at the front door and I'm looking at the front counter and there's this sink against the wall. But the sink slides to the left. It moves. And I was like, well, this is weird. And I see this gas line. I was like, what the heck is going on now? <laughs> you know? Right. So I was like, okay. So finish my shift. I go over there. I walk in the restaurant and I see the exact same thing I've seen in my mind. And I asked her, I said, um, is there a gas line behind that sink? She goes, yes. And she moved the sink. I was like, oh, my God. I said, your grandfather told me that there's a gas leak, you know, 
And she's like, I'll have it checked, you know, she, and, you know, we went about the rest of the investigation or whatever you want to call it. And it, it ended up being some just 19 year old kid that liked hanging out there spirit. Hmm. So that's a whole nother story, but this is where it gets interesting. The next morning I wake up to a text message and it was her. And she goes, I just had the, the gas company here and there was a gas leak exactly where you pointed to. And I, I, it freaked me out because yeah. it was validation that I didn't just make that up. It was her grandfather letting her know that you need to get this checked. Yeah, it's really dangerous in a restaurant. You know, any propane leak, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. just, that's, you don't play with. But I was like, oh my God. And that was, again, that was in the beginning. So it was like, okay, this stuff is real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <this> is, <laughs> You're like, there's something to this, but I'm there, not there sure what. There may be something yeah. going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and too, I think it's hard, you know, how you say you, when you're done working, you're done working, you have that bound, that boundary. Oh, yeah. I think when some people decide they want to do this, they don't have those boundaries yet. No. And it's like a new toy. You want to play yeah. with it and play with it. And I did, you know, in the beginning, I was like, that's all I, for nine months straight, I was like, all the time I was into this. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you hit that wall and you just burn out. Oh yeah. And which leads to a whole nother topic of wanting to run away from this, which I have tried several times <laughs> because it's just, you know, everybody looks at Teresa Caputo medium and thinks this is glamorous. I want to be a medium. Mm. I'm like, have you ever been kicked in the you know where, you know, over and over mm-hmm. several times and you keep going back for more? Well, that's mediumship. And again, that goes back to the why are you doing this? Because if you don't know and you don't have that conviction and reason, if you're just this is something to play around with and whatever your, you know, not authentic reason, you're not going to last because mediums go through. This is probably the hardest thing I've ever done ever. Mm-hmm. And it's um it can it can be mentally draining. I mean, you've you learn how to to manage it, but that comes with development. But this isn't all, you know, roses and you know, unicorn farts. This is right, you know, this this is serious stuff. And again, it, it you gotta have a reason why you're doing this or you will not you will not last long. I promise you that. Right. <laughs> well, and I tell people too, not that, you know, Teresa is not real. Oh, but no, she is. It's, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love her. I love watching her. She's adorable. I need to clarify my point with that, too, when, when I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, TV's a little different. They don't follow her in her true personal life in the times that she needs to rest. Because right. it, it will not only burn you out, it hurts you physically, from my understanding, after a while, because you're so depleted. And if you don't have those boundaries, you know, they'll bother you all hours of the night. Yeah. When there's, you're... there's people that I know yeah. that, yeah. But getting back to Teresa, no, I mean, they're, you know, thank God for people like Teresa and Tyre Henry. And mm-hmm. but what my point was with that is people are only seeing five minutes of an hour. They're seeing five yes. minute highlights of an hour long reading. So they're not, they're not seeing when the, the, the information doesn't make sense or the medium is like trying to understand. So they don't have the real perception of what an actual reading is. Right. You know, so there's that aspect and then the lifestyle and, you know, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I was raised around this and there was a, a wonderful lady named Elizabeth Kelly in Yellow Springs 
And she taught spiritual classes and she did mediumship as well. But she would prepare. And then when she was finished with a session, she'd actually go rest, meditate and calm herself down. Because she she had to close herself off, she'd say she was done, but she also had to regenerate herself. Yep. And everybody has their process for me. It's like I, you know, and again, there's rituals that people go through and I have my, my opinions on that. What I've learned over the years that, you know, that's another topic, but I mean, for me, it's like I sit down and I shift my awareness. I'm connected to spirit. That's all I have to do. I don't have to meditate. Mm-hmm. I don't have to grab crystals in my hand. It's like, nope, they're connected. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because in the beginning I was taught that I had to meditate for 20 minutes prior to a reading. And at the beginning, I was like, well, that's all I know. So I'm going to do this. But after a while, I'm like, why? Why? I sit and ponder a lot. I I have my own thoughts. So that was the first one where I was like, why do I need to do this? I don't have to meditate to talk to a person. Why do I have to meditate to talk to a spirit that I am? You know, we're all spirit. We just have a body right now. So my next session, I was like, I'm just going to sit down and just go. And you know what? I sat down, shifted my awareness to spirit, and they were there. No meditation wow. required. And the same thing is when I'm done. When I'm done, I just shift my awareness back to the physical and I'm done. That's, That's it. Awesome. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. Nobody yeah. call. <laughs> I go out and I play my drums and I go do my physical life. I, I never feel depleted after a reading. Um, never have. Um, and again, it's just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of this that's mindset and what people are taught, mm-hmm. what people hear. So you adopt that. And some of those beliefs, they they manifest. So if you, you know, someone talks about, well, I'm always drained after mediumship and and you get that going, that thought in your mind. Well, guess what? It's just like thinking, well, my arm hurts today. I don't know why. And you put <laughs> your, your, you know, your thought into my arm hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I don't know why. Well, your arm is actually going to start hurting. So I think if you have that mindset that I'm, I'm drained after every reading, well, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> You're going to feel drained after every reading. (laughs) So, yeah. What I really find interesting, Michael, is you have such a healthy um, outlook on this. And you have such a healthy skepticism, which I think is so important. You have to, I think. I you know, especially what I've been through health wise, you know, I, Mm -hmm. you have to take care of yourself. You do. And You know, this is something that I think you have to pace yourself with because it can be mentally fatiguing deal. I always say this. I I can talk to spirit all day long. It's the people that drain me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You are right about that one. Yep. So if I'm drained (laughs) from anything, it's the person. It's not the spirit. I can, like I said, I'll hang out with them all day. They're, They're awesome. But you know how it is. You, some people just drain you. Or mm-hmm. That's 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 where I that's a definite boundary for me, because I early on people would message me and I thought, well, I got to answer these people. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, no, I am. I owe I owe nothing to anybody, you know, so when I'm not working, I'm not working. Right. You know. Yeah. So, again, that's a, that's another topic. <laughs> so, Michael, as everyone knows me. I I dig animals. I'm a big, huge animal person. Do you have animals ever come through when you do a reading? Oh my God. Yes. All Ah, the time. I knew it. They're great, aren't they? (laughs) 
<laughs> I tell you what, this freaked me out more than anything. I, can I can I share? Yes. I don't know how much time we have. So oh, you're fine. Have... You go right okay. ahead. So the first time I talked to an animal, it was completely just unexpected. I was talking <laughs> actually with a friend of mine. And I, I was, I don't know if I was even doing a reading for her. I think I might have been. But anyway, she asked me, she goes, do you ever communicate with animals? I'm like, I've never tried. And she said, well, would you communicate with my horse? I was like, sure. So I should, you know, sat down, shifted my awareness to spirit. And all of a sudden this horse is in my awareness. I'm like, okay, well, I was thinking <laughs> the horse, so is this really a horse? And this is where the evidential mediumship comes in because especially with animals, yeah. they have to give me something very specific that's not just you know, common to, you know, behavior of a certain animal, like a dog, <laughs> you know, what, you know, so anyway, the horse comes through. First thing it tells me is, or I feel, however I get it, that he has dementia or he had dementia. And in my mind, I see, he, he puts me in this place where I see his fenced in area next mm -hmm. to a barn. And the horse starts showing me how he would walk into the side of the barn and back up and walk his head into the barn and keep bumping his head into the side Aww. of the barn. And I'm like, what the hell? So I tell my friend, I'm like, your horse told me he has dementia. And he's showing me that he used to bump his head into like he'd walk into the side of the barn and walk into these fence posts. And she, her jaws just dropped. She's like, yes, he had dementia. And he would do that. And I was like, you, you got to be kidding me. And she's like, no, that's exactly what he would do. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm talking to freaking Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and then her her boxer shows up and then her other horse shows up. And oh I'm like, God. oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, and so that was that. And I was like, that just blew my mind. And then there, I have to tell this one because this is yeah. the one that if out of all the readings I've done, there's there's few that I will never forget. And this is one of them. I did this group reading for this friend of mine and her family. Um, and so it was her, her husband, her two aunts, and her three three daughters. So long story short, you know, I'm doing bringing through messages from past loved ones. And, and I would give everybody a turn. You know, I was like, do you want to hear from, do you have a question, psychic or whatever? Everybody got their turn. And the, the one daughter was like quiet the whole time. And finally at the end, I'm like, is there anything? you know, that you're curious about. And she kind of just dropped her head and she goes, do you ch channel animals? And I'm like, well, it's funny you say that. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to hear from her dog. Oh. So immediately her dog comes through and he starts showing me how like he, she humanized him, like <laughs> dressed him up. And, and yep. she's like, yes, we would, you know, he officiated, he was in this ceremony. He was at my graduation and he was showing me where he was buried, that it was an elaborate burial. And she's like, yes. And there was other things, but this is what stands out. So as I'm doing this, the dog keeps showing me this image of this milk bone dog biscuit. And I'm like, well, how cliche. It's a dog. Of course, I'm going to see a dog biscuit. So I ignore, I ignore it. And I say some other message. And then there's that dog biscuit again. And I'm like, no, that's too obvious. So I ignored it again. Third time. This is what I've learned. If they show me twice or three times, there's something to this I need to talk about regardless. So I'm like, okay, third time. 
I look at her and go, I don't know what this is, but your dog keeps showing me this little gray milk bone dog biscuit. And I said, I know it's obvious, but does this make any sense to you? And her jaw drops. She stands up. She reaches in her pocket and she pulls out this gray dog biscuit and says, I brought this for him. I about fell over. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I was just like, holy crap, that just happened. I like that story so much. (laughs) Uh, I I will put that story above any human spirit that I've talked to because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, that just happened. (laughs) Yeah, You know, and I talked to a lot of mediums and they'll be like, yes, they come right through, you know? Yeah. They, they want you to know that they're there waiting for you and, you know, ah, well, so. Thank you for sharing those. I love animal stories. Oh, I do too. I, oh yes. <laughs> I love them so much. And, you know, I believe our animals pick us. I do too. Like, I don't think we have a say. Um, That's how I ended up with an Amazon parrot. <laughs> she saw me across the room and I saw her across the room and you could hear her like, you know, like that cheesy music of us running towards each other. Oh, God. <laughs> and I brought her home and my husband was furious. He's like, what's that? <laughs> um, our Amazon. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, you didn't even ask me and went through, you know, it's a whole hilarious story. But later he comes upstairs and Maggie's looking at him and he goes, your mommy is so stupid. You are so pretty, and I love you. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks. But now, like, it's been like seven years that we've had Maggie. And I just know she's never going to leave. <laughs> I just know she's like, was meant to be somehow. <laughs> yep. No, but, that's why we have a cat that we said we never have a cat. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had boxers. We had three boxers right in a row. And after the last one, we're like, I can't go through this again with another pet going, passing away. Oh, it's, it's just hard. too hard. Yeah. And then, yep. Then we ended up with my daughter's cat. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yep. I, I have two fosters now, which, you know, I've got to give these up. So anyone in Fort Wayne wants these beautiful fosters, they're going to be at the <laughs> Fort Wayne Animal Shelter, and they're going to be up for adoption. But the little black one comes running out full force, and she looks exactly like my cat that I named Solstice many years ago. Wow. And then one right behind her. So I ended up with two, and they're pure black. And the little girl acts just like Solstice did. So it's going to be hard giving these up, even though it's for a better good. But I think they just choose you and you're su- you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do with them. Yeah, I believe they're there to, to help you whatever part of this journey you're on. And uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. <laughs> yeah, I just wish they live longer. Yeah. <laughs> I do too, you know, but you <laughs> so, won't have that problem with the parrot. The parrot's going to outlive probably like everybody. <laughs> well, she's already in her 30s. Well, don't they live to be like 100? <laughs> um, I think Amazons live between um, 40 and 60. Oh, wow. Typically. Um, yeah. But she's, she's, all both of my birds are very loved and I, I don't, I love all my animals equally. It's just they have certain personalities that you identify mm-hmm. with really quickly. Um, it's just like all my animals just kind of decided to be with me. So I have five and two fosters. So Oh, wow. I know. 
<laughs> it's like a it's it's a zoo in here. <laughs> so for you, I you know I just find what you do in the way you do it amazing. Oh, thank you. You know the way you need the proof and how you go about doing it, and the healthy skepticism that you have does it just fascinates me and amaze and amazing amazes me big yeah, time. Um... Yeah, it's my nature. <laughs> so what is some of, in this is, I know audience members are always curious about this. What are some mm-hmm. of the strangest things that you have seen in your mediumship? Uh, wow. Uh, the naked uncle walking down the hallway. <laughs> no. That just stood out in my mind. I'm like, why am I seeing this image of your uncle naked standing <laughs> in the hallway and and when it gets validated that he used to do that as a joke running down the hallway, I was like, oh. all right. <laughs> oh, God. I did not um, expect that one. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the teenage son saying, you know, because I always ask the person spirit, you know, what do you do to let your, you know, your mom know you're around? You know, and I remember this. I was doing this group reading for these, this group of ladies, which most of my audiences are, you know, 99 percent women. Yeah. Um. You know, it's very rare that a man does show up. And when they do, I go up to him and I'm like, hey, come here for a minute. Are you are you being kidnapped? Are you here against your will? You know, Because I'm like, why are you here? You know, and it's usually, well, my wife dragged me here. I'm like, OK, well, I'm glad you're here, you know, because now I got company. But anyway, right. um, so I'm doing this group reading for this group of ladies. And this this on the, and this is the other one I'll never forget because I, I, I had to stop for probably five minutes because I could not stop laughing. But anyway, um, he comes through and, you know, the messages and all that. And at the end, I was like, so what do you do to let your mom know that you're around? And immediately, I mean, I didn't get the question, the thought sent to him, like, what do you do? And he was like, I fart. I fart. I'm like, what? (laughs) And I sat there and I said, can you say that again? And it's like instantly sent me that thought. It's like, I fart. And I sat down, you know, I'm like, and we're outside. This is like, I'm just sitting there. And I was, I said, just excuse me for a second. And I'm sitting there and I'm laughing. And they're probably like, what the heck is he doing? And every time I went to talk and try to say it, I start laughing more. I'm like, okay, just give me a second. And finally, I was like, look, I asked your son what he does to let you know he's around. And he says, I fart. And her jaw drops, right? She stands up. And there was a lady in the third row that she worked with. And I, she goes, I knew it. She goes, I was at work just two days ago and I'm in my cubicle. And all of a sudden I smelt this sulfur smell. And she's like, what? The, who did this? You know, and nobody's fessing up to it. So I'm like, well, that was your son. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was pretty humorous. Oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be in my head all night long now. Oh, my God. It's like totally unexpected. And then I had a a 16-year-old girl that passed. And same thing. You know, I asked it, and she's like, she said that. And I was like, no, you didn't. She's like, and I passed it to her mom. She goes, oh, my God, that girl. She goes, she would eat this kale. And when she broke wind, it was the the most rank smell. I'm like, well, your daughter is getting a kick out of this because she still does it. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Who I would never think of that. I didn't either, but that's what they do. It's like they drop that thought in. And I, and again, this goes with mediumship and trusting and development yeah. that 
if it touches my mind, if a thought touches my mind, I talk about it. And I joke about this with people I teach in other mediums. I'm like, look, you got to put aside this, this fear of being wrong and, and trying to understand what they're sending you. It's not your message. Your job is to get it and relay it. Yeah. And also if I see, if they show me a pig riding a pony, I'm going to tell the person in front of me, you're, you know, whoever person in spirit is showing me a pig riding a pony. Right, wrong, or indifferent, because I find that if you just follow their lead, that's mm-hmm. that's that's mediumship is easy if we get out of the way and just do our job. <laughs> you just got to talk about what they send you without questioning it, without trying to understand it. Just talk about it. Right. It's going to make sense to the person. You may misinterpret. You may give it in a wrong way. And I tell people, if it doesn't make sense, just tell me no. I will ask your person to give me a clarification. And they usually give me another way to understand it. I'll relay it. And they're like, oh, yes, that makes sense. So it's not that we're getting things wrong. It's just we're misunderstanding. Yes. You know, I find I find it interesting. Do you, do you believe, obviously, if we stay, we get our mind clear and we just say, like you said, we just get those obstacles of being wrong mm-hmm. out of the way. Do you think some people come back to be mediums or do you think almost everyone could do it or do you think we're assigned these abilities because i know everybody has different levels of abilities and different Mm -hmm. capabilities so here's my theory on this and i believe everybody on this planet has this ability because we are spirit we're Mm -hmm. spirit in a body this is who we naturally are we communicate through telepathy. That's how spirits communicate. So I believe we all do. And I use a baseball analogy, you know, so it's like everybody can go out in the backyard and play baseball, right? You can throw a ball, you can hit a ball, you can have fun playing baseball. Not everybody's going to advance to the, you know, minor leagues and then the major leagues, because some of us don't, we don't have that facet of our physical being. We're not capable of competing at that level. We don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. to reach that level. So I think it's the same with mediumship and psychic abilities. We all have intuition. Every one of us, we all do. We ignore it most of the time. We ignore that gut feeling that tells you don't stick your finger in that hot light, that car lighter, which I've done twice, but I did it anyway. And that's, that's a true story. And that's another story, but you got that gut feeling telling you don't do it. Right. Don't do it. And you do it anyway. And you're like, damn, I should have listened. So that's that that's inherent. We all have that. Yeah. And I think for mediumship that some of us, it's a little stronger of a pull. Like there's something here. Like, why do I feel I need to look into this? Right. And to some people, it's just, okay, I want to connect with somebody, my family member. And that's all they want from it. And you, everybody has that ability. Mm-hmm. But then there's people that have that facet of their their being that it's something that they're meant to do in a way nobody has to do this but it's kind of like it's there for them and it's a little bit heightened a little bit more heightened Mm, and then you have the crazy ones like me that go yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go talk to dead people (laughs) you know (laughs) you know so there's all levels but i think you know and and but i believe that everybody has it and the only way you're gonna find out where you are or what you're capable of is working with it right and nobody can tell you you are or you're not nobody can you know, and if somebody does, don't listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. Right. You have this ability, but it's up to you to just, you know, if if it's something that gnaws at you, like I need to explore this, go explore it. See where it takes you. 
don't have an anticipation or expectation. You know, I didn't wake up and say I wanted to be a medium. There's days I'm like, I'm still like, what the, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I put myself <laughs> through this? Again, because I've seen both sides. I've been yeah. on the receiving end. I know the comfort that it can give. And I'm a little bit loony, so I've signed up to go, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to help others. Yeah. Now, Michael, have you ever had seen something that frightened you? No. Well, let me say startled, yes, frightened me, no. Okay. Um, and I'll break that down because you always hear people talk about evil spirits and all this TV yes. stuff. Yeah. Which is a very, I get on my soapbox about this because it annoys me. <laughs> because people on TV are like, everything's evil, yeah. everything's yeah. a demonic entity. I'm like, bull crap, it's probably grandpa. You know, grandpa's upset. Being, <laughs> yeah, 99% <laughs> of the time, it's a family member. But anyway. So again, I do have my boundaries, but at night, especially, and the reason is they say that at night, when you're in that state of mind, that you just become more aware you're heightened because yes. you're in that sleep state. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to, this is my theory also that our world and theirs intersects. They're not somewhere else. They're here with us. It's just that they're at a different vibration. And, and the, I'll remember John for this analogy. It's like when you see a helicopter sitting on the tarmac. And it's not running. You can see the blades, right? They're physically right. there. You can see them. But as it starts to raise or starts to speed up, you can't see the blade. But you know it's there. You know it's there. You know if you stick your hand in there, you're going to lose your hand. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with like a microwave. You know it's working. You can't see the microwaves, but you know it's heating up your food. So spirit is around us all the time. We just can't perceive it because we, can, we don't have the physical ability. Most of us don't. Some people do, but we don't perceive it with our physical senses, but we know they're there. Right. Um, you just disappeared. Can you go? Could you go back? Can you hear me now? I can. I don't know what's going okay. on. I think it's weather. It's probably my phone. Yeah. So, but yeah, so startled. I've woken up in the middle of the night and I've seen people walking in my room. Yeah. You know, but they're not, they're not interacting with me. I'm just this again. I'm, I'm just at that moment getting a peek into the, 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 the non-physical world, if you will. So they're not bothered. They're just going about their business. It's just, mm -hmm. I happen to see these, they're not related to me. I don't know who they are, but I've seen them. Right, I've woken yeah. up and I've seen people floating above my bed and I'm like, all right, I wake up and I look and I was like, what the, you know, <laughs> so initially it startles me, but I've gotten used to it now to like, it doesn't happen often, but Every now and then I'll think that it's my wife that got up and I see her walking to, to go use the bathroom or whatever. And then I look the other way and she's laying next to me. I'm yep. like, well, who was that? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> so, I've talked to a lot of people that's, that goes on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. My brother yep. called me um, one day and I was laughing so hard at the poor guy because he's like, he was, he, he reads cards, but he's really skeptical. Mm -hmm. And at the time my mom was alive and he stayed with my mom. And he goes, I got to tell you something. It really freaked me out last night. I go, what? He goes, in the kitchen, I saw this old man in his underwear. Oh, God. And I was like, he goes, and they were dirty underwear. And he goes, it oh, was geez. really scary. And I'm like, well, you mean physically? He goes, no, he walked through the wall. Oh, geez. I said, he laughed so hard. I'm like, okay. He goes, that's not funny. And don't tell anybody. Well, I just did. But... <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so yeah, I could definitely see that, especially with you, because you're so open to that. Yeah. But again, it's like, I I don't see it often. Um, and I think it's, and this is something, this is a message my sister came through once because, and it's a long story with my sister. Um, now we never met in the physical world and that usually people are like, what do you mean? That doesn't make sense. So my sister was born to my dad's second marriage, and she was 14 years younger than me. So when I went into the military at 19, you know, she was like, what, four, five? So we never met. And every time I would go back home on leave, it was just I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. So I just we never met. And it was one time I went home and it was a year before she passed that we were all supposed to get together and something came up where she couldn't make it. And then she passed. And so when she did pass, it was kind of like, I didn't know how to feel, you know, because I'm like, do I have the right to miss her? You know, uh, I never knew her, but she's my sister. So there was all that, you know, psychological side of it, um, processing. Do I have the right to feel, you know, bad about this? You know, it was just all this weird stuff. So it's weird that we kind of built a relationship now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's again, it's just weird but anyway so one of my things to her was i want to see you you know i was like i want you to present to me i kept asking and kept asking and i'll never forget the message she sent you know what the thought she sent me she goes look and i'm paraphrasing you know because they send thoughts but this is what i got out of it mm-hmm. she goes if i was to show yourself or show myself to you what would that do and it was kind of like a rhetorical question she goes you're going to want to see me again and then you're going to see me again. She goes, what that does is bring you back to having to mourn my loss all over again. Mm. And she goes, you have to learn to understand that I am no longer in the physical world and I never will be. Not this time around. So it's kind of like she just made me understand that, no, she's there now. This is the reality. And I have to learn to live in the physical life without her here. Right. So it's developing and understanding that new relationship, understanding that she is there. She's fine. We will see each other again, but she's not part of this world. And that's the one thing people want. They want their spirit people to keep visiting and they want more messages and more messages. Mm-hmm. And my philosophy on that is it's like you have to have a healthy relationship with the spirit world and mediums and I'm one of those that will, I will not continue to do reading after reading after reading for somebody because you have to, my opinion, you need to eat first, you need to mourn them. You need to grieve, mm-hmm. but then you have to adjust to them not being here. And by constantly seeking, like, I need to know, I need to know, which I understand completely, but it's kind of like, you got at the same time. It's like, you gotta, my opinion, I had to learn to live without them here. I could just, you know, express my, my, my process, but I don't want to enable people and, and be that, you know, that where they're hooked because one, you can do this on your own. You can, it's just learning how, and I hope that makes sense because I can easily go off on these tangents. (laughs) Absolutely. And I always tell people, I've had people ask me before, well, how many readings do you have a year? And I looked at them and I go, you know, I don't do them every year. I only do them every so often mm-hmm. for guidance because we have free choice. Right. And 
when you mourn, it would be so easy to go from medium to medium to get the answers you want. And sometimes you don't get the answers you want. Right. And it's like this, you know, if once they're there, you know, there's only so much they're going to tell you. I mean, right. you know what you're asking them the same questions. And at some point it's going to be like, what else do you want to know? Yeah. You know, they're there. They, you know, they're watching that, you know, they're, they understand that they're, they're still a part of your life. They, they prove this through readings. They come through with validating messages of seeing events going on. But again, it's like at the same time, it's like, you don't, I don't want to help. I don't want to enable that dependency with somebody, if that makes sense. Right. Cause to me, I think that hurts them more than help them. Yes, exactly. Michael, how do people get a hold of you for if they want a reading, a class? Mm-hmm. Um, they can go to my website. So it's michaelchristophermedium.com. Um, I do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's just Michael Christopher Evidential Medium. Uh, I'm on, I can't believe I'm on Twitter, but I'm, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. <laughs> we all are. I'm on Instagram. And this is the, the this is recent, but I am now on TikTok. And really? I have my thousand followers. So now I can start doing live readings on TikTok, which I do a lot of Facebook lives. Uh, besides the show that Jen and I do, I mean, we, I, I, that's how I developed. That's how I, people ask, how do you get started? I'm like, I was crazy. I just started a Facebook group and started doing readings before I knew, even knew what I was doing because I wanted to just figure out what this was about. Yeah. Um, so I just jumped in not knowing and, you know, just started doing it. And, um, so that's what I continue to do. I lot of, I, I love doing Facebook lives and stuff like that because I know, there's people that, you know, one problem, some people can't afford a reading. So this is a way yes. for them to get readings. Even if they don't get a personal reading, everybody can take something away from somebody else's room. Yeah. And I learned that from watching John Edward. I knew I'd never get a, a, a message from John Edward back in the day. But when we watched his show, it was like I was getting that. I was getting something out of the messages that other people were getting. And that's the magic of this, that you don't have to have a personal reading to, to fully understand that those messages can resonate with you too. And you can put, you can, you can relate to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so Facebook live, I love doing those for that reason. You know, it just, yeah, that's one of the reasons I do them. And what, what day is your show? No agenda on WLTKDB. So it's Mondays at 12 central. Ah. I'm going to have to catch that. I've seen one. I want to see them more. They're pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Michael, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your wonderful insight. I really have enjoyed this interview. I appreciate you so much for reaching out and 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 being brave enough to have me on your show. I always tell that to people because I'm like... <laughs> Oh my God, are you sure you want me? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can be very blunt and very honest <laughs> with, with things. And, and some people are sometimes taken back. And again, you know, but I think everybody has to be an individual. Yes. I, I need to throw this out there because this comes up so often. And I think it's so frustrating for people that they try to emulate their teachers or they try to emulate other mediums. Like, no, we already have one of those people. You have to be yourself, you have to discover how you work and mm-hmm. people, your people will find you, but you need to be yourself. Yes, absolutely. You know, look at me. I'm just this goof 
you know, I don't, people think I know what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I, I got a good poker face. And I just, <laughs> I, I just put myself out in these very uncomfortable situations because I want to learn and I constantly want to develop. But, you know, it's like at some point you got to put aside the fear and you just do it. Just do it. If you want to do this, you just need to do it. There is no secret ingredient. No one's going to hold your hand to your, you know, and you're never going to feel ready to do this. You're never right. going to feel ready to do that first reading. You got to do it anyway. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't get any better. I am still nervous before every reading, any event. I mean, because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, yeah. So, but you just <laughs> learn to live with that uncomfortable feeling and, and just, uh, you know, it is what it is. And that's that. <laughs> well, I hope you and Jennifer will come on Twilight Tonight this fall, because I would love to have you guys. We will absolutely be there. And now I got to watch your show. because. I think I've seen, I, I usually go to sleep early mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I forget about replays. So now I got to go, I got to do research. <laughs> yeah. I, I love all my guests. I just think it's fun to interview people. I just love it's it. A, it's a skill. I don't, I, I envy people that can interview because I've tried and I just, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, ask <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't even know. I just probably ask like, you know, questions a fifth grader would come up with. You, you know, know, you know like, how you did mediumship. Yeah. You just did it. You just yeah. dove in there. Um, I was a retired dancer and that's what I did. I dove right in. Wow. I wanted to do it for years, but then I was like, I can't do podcasting. Cool. I can't do it. And then all of a sudden I looked at my husband who produces my show and I'm like, I want to be a podcaster. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so like a month later, he brings home all the gear because he works at Sweetwater. Oh, my God. I, I've spent so much money at Sweetwater <laughs> over the years. <laughs> He's a salesman. So he brings home and goes, he goes, because I was getting antsy because I was a dancer. I, I need something to do. And he was like, here you go. And the next thing I knew, it's almost almost two and a half years, almost close to three years now. Wow. Well, you're very good at it. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm, I'm still learning like you are. I'm still learning and still growing. And interviews like you and so many others have helped me grow and come out more. So I always appreciate you guys so much. Well, thank you. I mean, I do. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. And I hope somebody gets, you know, something out of this. <laughs> they will. Somebody out there always will. And Michael, you have a great night. And please thank your wife for letting me interview you, taking up some of your time. I know it's always valuable. Oh, no. Um, it's no problem at all. Believe me, she's probably happy to get rid of me for an hour. <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> you have a great night. And hopefully I'll talk to you soon.